Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Let's Talk Adoption Radio. And, of course, I'm your host, Marty Caldwell. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you tuned in to us to learn more about adoption, parenting, relationships, and the different topics we bring up. Today, we'll be discussing and talking about uh, childhood temperaments, the inborn traits that explain why our kids act the way they do. And so this is good for people that um, are parenting biological children, foster children, or adoption uh, grandchildren. So we have a lot to share today, too. Um, I just want to also mention that uh, visit our website where you'll learn more about the topics of adoption. Uh, parenting and relationships, whether you're a birth family or adoptive family or adoptee. And you can listen to show archives and also buy past shows and listen to them in your car or home. Let's Top Adoption has been airing now for over four consecutive years, and um, we're excited about all the things that we have to offer you on our site, so do visit that site, too. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter when you get there, and we'll email you the topics that we have coming up, too. If you have questions regarding adoption or any of the other topics, please send them to me at info at letstalkadoption.com, and I'll answer them on the air in upcoming shows. Today's topic, um, your child's temperament, is going to be, um, we're going to speak with a wonderful an author. Uh, she's been on our program before, Brenda Nixon. Uh, Brenda works with um, families and parenting. Um, she has really worked hard at writing some books. She does speaking nationwide and teaching. She has served as an adjunct university instructor in early childhood development. Uh, a parenting columnist, and she's also a trainer to child care providers. She, again, uh, does media work and uh, is an author. Her book, Parenting Power in the Early Years, is on raising a child from birth to age five. And she is also a contributing author on um, over 22 books. And she's continually writing. She's a pr- prolific writer. So we're so pleased to have you here, Brenda. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Adoption. Well, thank you, Marty. It's good to be here. Well, you know, we have a lot to cover on this, this short period of time with you on childhood temperament. You know, many of us wonder, we scratch our heads on why our children do the things they do. Um, and I want to you know, share a little bit about, um, you know, what are the different ways of looking at personalities? Well, actually, I like to have people think of personality as an umbrella, and mm-hmm. underneath that umbrella, we have temperaments, mm-hmm. which is the inborn traits or mm-hmm. the nature, and then we have parenting style, which mm-hmm. is the nurture, mm-hmm. and it's the combination of the nature or the inborn uh, traits of a child and the type of nurturing they receive in their environment that makes up personality. Well, and that's kind of, you know, it's, it's interesting because people say, well, gosh, we've got, you know, I've got relatives, we have four kids, and they have four different types of traits. One's very athletic, one is a real uh, bookworm, the other is a little pistol, um, and um, one's a real mama's boy. You know, how, how does that happen? Well, what's happened there is they've taken these nine inborn uh, temperament traits and kind of categorized them or clustered them into types. And so if you take a child, say, with a high activity level Mm -hmm. and combine that with some other inborn traits, then you'll get a type of child who's maybe um, more athletic or some people would call a a difficult child if they're Mm -hmm. very opinionated and know what they want. Mm -hmm. So that's often what we see and what's so easy recognizable are, are the types, which is really clustering of these 
inborn traits. And, and this is something that you have not just created because there's research done on it. Can you tell us about the research they've done to actually come up with this? Um... Absolutely. It, to me, it's fascinating because it's the work of a husband and wife team, mm-hmm. Alexander Thomas and Stella Chess. They were both medical doctors and professors of psychiatry. And, and back in the 50s, they began uh, studying temperament. And, and their work is actually considered like landmark in the study of temperament. But what they did, Marty, was they started studying the responses of 136 subjects from infancy clear through adolescence. So they just focused on children. Uh And they noted that there were just certain characteristics present in their subjects just right at birth and that these certain characteristics kind of continue to influence the development in very important ways on through, you know, the teenage years. Mm -hmm. And from that, Chess and Thomas eventually identified nine categories of inborn temperament. So that's genetics. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about those different temperaments in a little bit. So so we want an adoption. We have um, the birth family's input, Mm -hmm. and then we also have the adoptive family's nurture. Right. And so people say nurture or nature. Do you feel like it's a little bit both? It's a little of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if the nine categories of temperament that were identified by Chess and Thomas research are inborn, I mm-hmm. mean, that's going to carry with the child, you know, whatever family they live in. Right, exactly, go through, too. I know some people are worried that, oh, my gosh, the birth mother was in prison or something like that, and that child's going to, that something's going to happen. Do you feel that's always true? Well, if that birth mother is not influencing or nurturing that child, then some of her behaviors and her her poor mistakes and, and judgments aren't going to affect the baby. Right. Yeah. So they, they're worried sometimes about the bloodline. You know, parents find themselves constantly at odds with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, this starts from, from even just a two-year-old. And some some people just, we don't get instruction manuals, you know, when you adopt <laughs> or have a baby. And so uh, we see people in grocery stores or in church or different places that just mm-hmm. have a difficult time with some children. Why do you believe parents need to be aware of the temperament to really help them in their parenting? Oh, I think it's tremendously important because it looks behind the behavior. And sometimes if we can kind of look behind our kids' behavior and understand that some of what they do or the way they respond would Mm -hmm. be more accurate is just the way their brain is wired, Mm -hmm. then we're able to adapt our parenting. We we have greater understanding. We're able to adapt our parenting. I think we have a stronger parent-child relationship we understand our child better, and I think the child feels valued for the, who they are, and they mm-hmm. don't grow up with that message that there's something wrong with them and they've got to, mm-hmm. you know, always change. I just think, it, you know, understanding and respecting and responding to temperaments mm-hmm. a lot create of pe- a better relationship. I think so, too. A lot of parents in the 50s, 60s, and even early 70s you know, raise their kids. They're all going to be equal. You're all going to do this sport. <laughs> you're yeah. all going to eat this vegetables, and you're all going to, you know, enjoy mm-hmm. this thing. And just thinking that they would do that and they thought they were doing the right thing right oh yeah i was brought up you know with with parents who thought you know we're going to be fair i mean the way to be fair is everybody gets exactly the same amount of attention the same amount of food the same kind of christmas gifts Mm -hmm. you know everything was same 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 but we're learning that children are unique they have different Mm -hmm. learning styles they have different needs they have different ways of interpreting love yes right so it's really skillful for a parent to try to adapt to each individual child and, and thereby tailor a relationship with each child. So mm-hmm. it's not realistic to try to be fair. 
Right. And I think you, and you can kind of be fair in, in different areas. But, you know, I think fair, you're right, because there are some children. I know I have one child that I have to make a list for, and the other wants everything auditory, you know, mm-hmm. verbal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one has to have it in 16 point, and the other will write down their own notes and, not, and, and be more organized than I am. And it's just very interesting to see how the two, you know, raise in the same environment. Uh, with different biological family, mm-hmm. uh, how they're different. But, yeah, they're just wired differently. Well, let's get into if, if everyone has a, a pen and pad. And I, and I want to mention, too, that I think you have these all in your book, right? Um, well, actually, there is an article on my website let's that give goes that out. down through the nine categories of temperament. So if someone misses it and they don't have a, they're listening in their car or something, let's give your website out where they can get these traits, these nine traits we're going to talk about right now. Oh, sure. I have a whole slew Temperament, of free parenting articles on my website, but one is on temperament, mm-hmm. and it's brendanixon.com, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-I-X-O-N.com, mm-hmm. and there's a page there that says uh, parenting articles. On temperaments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's great. So let's go ahead and talk about the. No, there's nine different types mm-hmm. of temperaments that have come out of the study, uh, that have identified in children. Let's talk about number one. Okay. Well, they're not in any particular okay. order, but we'll say number one is activity level because I think this is one that parents can most easily uh, recognize or identify with. And this, what this means now, again, you know, there's no good or bad temperament. I don't want mm-hmm. anybody to think, oh, my child, you know, is wired wrong or bad. There's no good or bad. It's how we perceive it and how we respond to it. And remember, there's always that silver lining inside every dark cloud. Right. But activity level is something we all can easily re- recognize and kind of relate to. But that mm-hmm. has to do with the child's general drive mm-hmm. of motor activity. Mm-hmm. A question might be, is my child very busy and quick and always moving around? Mm-hmm. Or is my child one who's more relaxed and mm-hmm. sedate and just kind of sits there and can entertain himself sitting still or as a baby would just stay put? Mm-hmm. Can you see the difference there? Right, definitely, yeah. and I, and I can see just in our own family. Yeah, it's it, it. Some children are, and some are much more passive. You know, they just watch Absolutely. things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some kids are able to sit still for a long time, and others mm-hmm. they have to use their body. Yeah. They're highly active. They have to touch. They just have to feel. And that's teachers. Yeah, teachers need to know this stuff. Exactly, know. because unfortunately, that's the child who gets into trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, my <laughs> my son in, in college, uh, he asked the professor if he could stand in the back of the room because he likes to pace and think and twirl uh, his pen. Uh-huh. And uh, professor said that's fine. And he has a bad back, so he walks back and forth and twirls his thumb, and he and he gets A's. And so, um, you know, it's just. And luckily, he had an instructor that said, "Yes, that's fine." Mm-hmm. But um, go and, ahead. And see, when parents can understand that some kids are just wired to move about and use their body and want to touch and, mm-hmm. and, and want to feel and have all that physical sensation or motor activity, you know, they might not be ADD mm-hmm. as we, you know, a lot of times want to, you know, slap a, that label on mm-hmm. them. They just might be hardwired to be really high in their activity level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the second one is called regularity. Another word for that is rhythmicity. Mm-hmm. But Regularity is just kind of the predictability of daily functions and how kids organize their behavior. Mm-hmm. And a question that uh, a parent might ask is, you know, has my child rece- uh, achieves kind of a biologic rhythm for behaviors such as eating, sleeping, you know, when to use the toilet? I mean, I had mm-hmm. one that was very regular and so she was easy to toilet train. Mm-hmm. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, the child who doesn't have high regularity is going to be very unpredictable and very random. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're never quite sure when they're hungry, when they're sleepy, and they might mm-hmm. be more of a challenge to toilet train. Mm-hmm. And not all kids are going to be like that. So, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, so what is number three? Three is called approach withdrawal, and that has to do with 
the initial response to new stimuli, meaning mm -hmm. the first time they go into a new uh, schoolroom or the mm -hmm. first time they change from a toddler bed to a big bed or mm -hmm. the first time you leave them with a babysitter or the first time they start middle school and they have to change classes. Mm -hmm. Do they hesitate and pull back or shy away from mm -hmm. these new situations? This is all people? new change, so they don't, they don't yeah. adapt well to change? Or are they, yeah, are they outgoing and very social and excited by the novelty? Mm -hmm. And I have one in my home of each. One is very approachable with mm -hmm. new situations. You know, she doesn't feel shy. And the other is she kind of withdraws mm -hmm. and holds back for a little bit and thinks about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and they're both okay. And, they, and you know what, yeah. I, I really, sometimes I hear parents scolding their kids for one or another and, and mm -hmm. trying to force them to be one or the other. I want to smack them <laughs> because, <laughs> I, you know, I just feel like they're really um, damaging the child's um, image of themselves and, and demeaning. Mm -hmm. That child gets the message, there's something wrong with me, Exactly. Yeah. And if they only knew, no, that's how we're wired. Mm -hmm. It's okay. There's mm -hmm. no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I often tell parents, you know, shyness is genetically predetermined. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean your child has a low self-esteem or anything. Yeah. I have to tell you something funny. Whenever the kids see um, someone misbehaving or their parents being mean to the kids or they know someone at school, they're gonna, they tell them, I'm going to give your parents my mother's card so that <laughs> she can find a loving home for that child. And, uh, you know, I've actually gone up to two ladies in grocery stores before and said, if you can't handle those children, I sure can find a family that can. Now, I think I was PMSing at the time as many years ago. But, you know, uh, it just irritates me when people um, just can't get it. And I'm usually more, much more gracious than that, but I just don't like to see children abused because a lot of times it's just the child's temperament. They need more space. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, mm. wise parents will recognize that that not everything their child does is mm -hmm. their fault. I mean, mm -hmm. some of it has nothing to do with parenting mm -hmm. style. And I want to help parents to get themselves off the hook here. You know, you're not responsible for every single way your child responds and behaves. Mm -hmm. Some of it is just and so much of Genetic. it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we just don't feel like, oh my gosh, we, we, we failed, especially when there's an adoption involved. Yeah. You know, uh, at the very beginning, we blame you know anything they do wrong on on the birth family. Well, that's from his birth family, and then he does well <laughs> things. But then you know it, it, we can do that. But then we feel like, oh my gosh, we want to do the very best for this child. Well, what's number four? Okay, number four is called adaptability, and this is how easily a child adjusts to changes or transitions. Like um, a parent might ask. Their self, you know, is my child a creature of habit mm -hmm. who resists any transition mm -hmm. or one who readily goes with the flow? And in yeah. adulthood, we can see if people are adaptable or not because mm -hmm. the, the person who is not very adaptable and who's a creature of habit takes the same route to work every yes. single mm -hmm. day, will not vary. It's yeah. kind of cute because if you understand a little about temperaments, Marty, mm -hmm. you can kind of predict how your child's going to act even as they get into young adulthood. Mm -hmm. They're going to be bookkeepers, see, and CPA. Yeah, there yeah. you yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, true. Number five is called sensory threshold. Mm -hmm. uh, we, some people also call it sensitivity, and it's how a, a child responds to sensations such as sounds, touch, mm -hmm. taste the external stimuli. Something like and that. you know, there's some kids that are bothered by bright uh, lights or sunlight, noises or yeah, blooms or loud mm -hmm. noises mm -hmm. or food textures and other mm -hmm. kids yeah, it just kind of rolls off their back yeah. and they don't seem very sensitive at all. Yeah, and they just don't know. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, Brenda, because we have actually four more that are very important a part of this whole nine different types of temperaments that we want to share with Brenda Nixon, our wonderful uh, guest today that has written some great books and uh, speaks all of the United States. She has a lot to share with us whether we're parenting through adoption or biological children too. So we'll take a quick break when we come back. Brenda's going to share more about your childhood's temperaments and why our kids do the things they do.
God has a plan for each of us. Sometimes we simply aren't sure what that is. Many Christian families are struggling today with infertility and pregnancy loss and feel forgotten as to God's plan for their lives. Is God trying to convey His plan to you? Perhaps He is trying to lead you to another path for building your family. Christian families are being built every day through the miracle of adoption. There is hope and there's a child for you. Visit LifetimeAdoption.org. Or call 530-432-7373 to learn more about welcoming a baby into your heart through adoption. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell. And today, if you just joined the program today, our topic is childhood temperaments. Why do our children act the way they do and uh, nurture or nature? And our guest today is uh, Brenda Nixon, and she's an educator and a speaker, and she really helps a lot of families. She's written two books, and she's working on some more right now. Brenda, what other books are you working on before I go back to... uh... Okay, I'm working on a book of child discipline for parents. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. (laughs) That's a nice gift to give to new parents. Yeah, what's interesting about this is that we talk about some eight ways to get kids to mind without screaming and yelling. Oh, I love it. The other part, the other half of the book is question and answer. It's almost mm-hmm. like if you're sitting in an audience mm-hmm. and you can hear other people question um, and, and my response. And then the other book is a actual a rewrite or revision of my current book, Parenting Power in the Early Years, mm-hmm. which is doing very, very well. But, right. you know, things change. We get more information. Statistics change. So we're doing a rewrite of the right. Parenting Power in the Early Years. But that won't be out for a couple years yet. Yeah. The, the first one, when's that going to be out on the parenting? Um, um not sure yet. Okay, well, let us know. For a publisher to take the uh, book on child discipline. Okay, well, when it comes out, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show for that I one, too. I surely will. Well, let, before we left, we were talking about the nine different types of temperaments um, uh, that have been identified in children through this, this research. And we talked about activity level, regularity, approach and withdrawal, adaptability, and sensory threshold, like physical mm-hmm. sensitivity. Mm-hmm. What's number six? Number six is uh, positive or negative mood. Like, some children seem to be chronically apathetic and depressed. They often act blue, and they can't seem to, like, rally rally any real strong positive reaction. Melancholy, very melancholy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. while other children are just overwhelmingly positive. You know, the little Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farms, they just have Mm -hmm. this great disposition, Mm -hmm. regardless of the stress around them. Mm -hmm. That reminds me, we just saw the, the, the movie last night, Hairspray. I and, want to see that. And that's so good. And the little girl is just so bubbly with everything going around. She just got this great attitude. And I was thinking about the show today, thinking, boy, that gal's got some personality and some temperament in that. So mm-hmm. uh, when you do see that, take a, take a look at that, too. So go ahead. So yeah. melancholy, kind of not really, yeah. they tend, do they cry, when they're little, do they cry over little things or get moody or? Well, they just, they just seem kind of blue. They just seem emotionless mm-hmm. almost. Um yeah. Maybe as a as an older child, they just you know might come into the classroom negative and pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of adults like that too. So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are just like that. You just know that they're always going to be la la la, happy yeah. and sunny, mm-hmm. or they're always going to be kind of looking on the dark side of thing. I think of yeah. Eeyore, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, in, yeah. In Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eeyore. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly it. It's a perfect example. What's number seven? Number seven is called persistence. Now, some children just have a remarkably short attention span, mm-hmm. and they will quickly forget a goal or an activity, whereas other children are extremely persistent. They come back to an activity even when they're distracted from it or mm-hmm. when they're unable to finish. Mm-hmm. Now, the good thing is if a child is very persistent, that means they're goal-oriented. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. However, 
the flip side of that is, as a young child, they could have really long temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> they could I see. Really wear you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So th- just kind of hang with it because as they get older, they might be a CEO <laughs> of a company. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See, perce- that's what I'm saying. You yeah. know, temperament is not good or bad. It's how we perceive it. Mm-hmm. How we respond to it. And, you know, we want a child who's goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be thankful when they're in college and they're yeah. persistent, even yeah. when all, you know, their roommates and their friends are running around and trying to distract them. Right. I think that's key. Number yeah. eight is? Distractibility. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds a little bit similar, but distractibility means that uh, um, how driven and focused a child is. Some kids can concentrate for long periods on one task, say, maybe as a youngster, maybe sorting blocks. Mm-hmm. where they'll spend a long time repeating the same activity that interests them, mm-hmm. whereas other children seem to be easily distracted and they lose their concentration quickly. They're kind of overwhelmed by whatever's happening around them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They daydream. They sometimes have trouble following directions. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that boy. And a lot of parents, I'm sure, are shaking their heads saying yes, too. Yeah, that describes my child. No exactly. making sense. Why my kid you know, that's yes. the way he does. How about number nine? Number nine is called intensity of reaction. Mm-hmm. Intensity of reaction means the level of response to a stimuli. Which So ask yourself, you know, does my child react passionately and strongly and with mm-hmm. trauma mm-hmm. to a situation? Or is my child just, you know, so mild in their reactions, I don't know if they're really hurt or angry. Yes, yeah, some kids have a high tolerance and they'll have a bloody knee and they don't come in until they're hungry. And no one knows about it. The others will come in and, and they're crying. And they're wailing. Yeah. You know, I'm starved. I'm starved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very interesting, it's too. Very intensity reaction. And, and one of my daughters was very intense, very passionate. She'd have, you know, these strong knockdown, screaming, wailing, temper tantrums. But you know what? Here's the good side flip of that. She also happened to be, because she's such a drama queen, she also happened to be the star in a lot of her high school plays. Yes, because you, know, you notice those exactly. And it can be okay with a boy or girl. You know, Brenda, we're running out of time. I want to make sure that people, where are you going to speak anywhere near uh, soon? Well, um, actually, I'm doing a lot of speaking in the coming months in Ohio. Um, I haven't been asked to speak at any conferences or workshops or churches around the United States, but... I'm always open to do that. Right, and I know you've spoken other places. You know, if, if people want more information, please visit Brenda's site at brendanixon.com, um, and that's B-R-E-N-D-A, nixon.com. And she does have some nice articles, so if you know people that can use this information, because I think it really helps. Um, and this is an easy way to say, I found this article I thought you'd be interested in instead of trying to tell them they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And and I also, I think the more we learn about being good parents and grandparents and educators, um, the better our kids appreciate us and respect us, too. Um, and they can trust us because they know they're not going to be put down because um, maybe they are not like the other children or like them, um, you know, and they're not going to be labeled. And I think that's important, too. Um, you know, this is so key in so many areas, even as adults in doing this, um, that people do understand that there are temperaments and uh, personalities. And this go with the personality profiles of people, too. Uh, very much like that, or is this a little bit different than? It's a little bit different because this is this goes kind of down to the roots mm-hmm. of temperament and talks mm-hmm. about the nine categories. And then when when people are talking about what you're referring to on the, some of the personality traits and some of the, the the little clusters and labels and things we put on it, that's when they kind of move up a little bit and talk more on the surface level and. 
put some of these yeah. temperaments into a cluster. Well, I encourage you to spend time with your kids. And uh, if you're just getting ready to adopt, uh, it's good to learn all this stuff ahead of time, too. And, Brenda, I want to really thank you for being on the program today and sharing this information on, you know, temperaments of children and uh, how we can be better parents um, in the future for people that are still trying or for people that are parenting or grandparents. And I don't think it's too late to add some of these things in and just accept our children with their special little quirks at times. Just love them. And, and today I encourage you all to go out and hug your kids or send them an email or an IM and say, you know, I just want to let you know I love you for who you are. Um, I think that'll do a lot for your relationship with them. And uh, Brenda, thank you so much. We'll hope to see you very soon. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Well, this is Marty Caldwell, and our half hour has gone very quickly. So I really appreciate you uh, joining us today. And if you need anything else, please email me at info at letstalkadoption.com. Until next week, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit lifetimeadoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.